Welcome to the Next Dimension Podcast, your portal to an extended reality. Every week we talk about the hottest topics in XR and let you join the discussion live on MRTV. And now, get ready for another exciting episode coming up. Hi and welcome to episode two of season two of the Next Dimension podcast, your podcast that's all about VR and AR. And today with a special episode and a special guest, I would like to say hello to Tony Vitillo, the scarred ghost. Tony, how are you doing? Hey, Seb. It's a very pleasure to be here with you today with every one of your viewers. And I'm very well. What about you instead? Oh, oh man, I'm I'm doing really good. I'm I'm very well, and I'm happy to talk with you tonight. I'm happy to yeah to find out what exactly it is you're doing in VR because well, you're doing so many things, right? You are a developer. You're developing a game right now. It's called Hit Motion. It's now on on um, SideQuest, right? Or it's on App Lab. And you're also an uh, yeah you're an author, right? You're writing. A lot about our industry, right? Yes, I, you know, I'm this community. I'm in, in VR since 2014, and I decided one day to dedicate my life to it. And <laughs> oh, wow. I always been a developer. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, you dedicate your life to this, man. You're even more crazy yes. than me. <laughs> uh, that's wow. for sure, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, cool, cool. I'm so looking forward to this. This is going to be lots of fun. And you, as your beautiful accent can tell us, you are from Italy. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations to your beautiful win of the Euro Cup. Thank you. It was, you know, uh, professionally it's good that my customers uh, have not seen me that night or that Sunday <laughs> when we're celebrating with my friends, jumping, screaming. It was super fun, you know. Sport can unite us all. That's that's amazing. Of course, of course. Yeah, it can unite us when we win, but probably if there were some people from England there, probably they would not be so happy. <laughs> I, I mean, on that night, on that night. <laughs> well, anyway, they, they arrived at the second place. I think England made a great yeah. job with us. Amazing players. Right, right. Only one can win. And of course, as yeah, an right. Italian, I'm happy to win. <laughs> right. And yeah, here. Colin from England. <laughs> yeah, Colin. greetings go out. Greetings go out to Colin. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, cool, cool. So we're going to talk lots today about what you're doing and all the kind of things. So I'm looking forward to that. For all of you out there who do not yet know this podcast, this is the Next Dimension Podcast. It's all about VR and AR. It is live every Saturday, 9 p.m. Um, time in Rome, <laughs> 8 p.m. in London, noon in San Francisco, and 3 p.m. in New York City. And you can also download this as an audio podcast from iTunes, from Spotify, from Google, from Alexa, from anywhere where you can find podcasts. And I would be very happy if you would give it a good rating, probably a five-star rating if you enjoy this show. We have way too little ratings Right? I think under 20, it's, it's not good enough. So if you enjoy this show, it would be so good if you, could, if you could simply go to the podcast app on your iPhone or iPod, iPad, <laughs> iPad, yeah, 
right? And um, open the podcast app, find the Next Dimension podcast, and give us a five-star review. Yeah, so today with an interview episode, yeah, with me and Tony, all the other people that are normally on this show, they are away on summer vacation or some other way, not, not around. So today it's a very intimate show with me and Tony, and I'm looking forward to that again. All right. So, first of all, Tony, uh, in the beginning of these shows, we always ask our guests and we all ask ourselves, how was your last week? What did you do? How does your normal life as a developer and as um, an author of um, your articles look like? Um, how was your last work week? Well, my last work week was pretty cool. I mean, luckily, I have not under pressure for uh, projects this week <laughs> that will come towards the end of the summer. Um, but I had time so to, for instance, uh, work on hit motion. I found a way to stream audio with mixed reality plugin to create mixed reality video with it. I made some experiments with Unity. I um, had a cool interview with the people uh, behind the Burning Man. And I'm trying this little toy, <laughs> the okay. Mad Gates Glow Plus that they sent me to have a look at it. So okay. my week is mostly, you know, I can say probably one third of the time writing stuff or speaking with people on social media or whatever like this. And the 60% trying to be a developer inside Unity or coordinating with other people in my team, uh, new technology workers or boom. So. Okay, okay. So, so um, how about your team? How many people are in your team? Well, I'm mostly, let's say, like in two teams. My main team that is new technology workers, we are flexible people. You can say that there are around 10 people, but we're all freelancers that join together to create some projects. So um, depends on the project, we are more or less people. Uh, okay. Instead, with the Vroom team, we are probably with, I can say, seven, eight people as the main core and another. And the comes around for the bigger events, like a big concert with the last year or something like that. So okay. not super big teams, but very passionate people that like to fight together for good projects. Okay, cool. So what kind of projects do you normally do? So I know right now you're working on a game, right, called Hit Motion. We're going to talk more about it um, later in this podcast. So, so what if you don't work on Hit Motion, what other um, projects do you do? Everything is about VR and AR or... What 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 is your work? Well, most of the time, yeah, I try to work only on AR and VR projects, or at maximum something anyway in the multimedia side, like computer vision or 3D, anyway in Unity, this kind of stuff. Okay. Um, when I don't work in projects of ours like Hit Motion, uh, usually we work on projects for third parties, you know, like B2B projects. A company wants to have a proof of concept of a training experience in VR. And we can develop it for them. So usually we will we create what the others would like to have in AR and VR or help them understand your technology. Okay, okay, cool. And for your other project, which is your blog, The Scarred Ghost, right? So um, probably you can tell us a bit more about it. Like um, um, when did you start it? And what kind of articles do you write there? 
Well, I don't know if you want to hear the full story. <laughs> no, 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 not, not the full, <laughs> not the full story. Just, let's, just a short version. We're going to talk more about it a bit later. I work on it since five years, and I mostly like to. I write every kind of articles, tutorials, interviews, and um, you know, editorials, reviews, everything that comes to my mind. Okay. The, I think that the main characteristics of what I do, of course, apart from my point of view of a developer okay. is that I try always to be very detailed, go in depth on the topics. So I like uh -huh. to write very in depth. Write everything I can. Yes. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. For for all the people who have not checked out Tony's um, Tony's articles, check them out. You can find them in at um scarredghost.com, right? Yes. So uh, how about this scarred ghost? <laughs> well, why why the why, why the name? Well, I I haven't revealed it yet. Probably I will do <laughs> one day. You know when uh, when I will have be eighty years old or whatever. <laughs> but it's so it's a bit a secret how I come with this name. But I, it was intended actually as a game as a nickname as an indie developer. Okay. But actually, I never used it as a developer because okay. it would be pretty weird to work with a customer and say, hey, hello, I'm the Scarlet Ghost. I think it will, <laughs> people would run away, but I used it a lot, you know, in the communities, okay. etc. It's pretty fun. Right, right. So now just the people who want to read your articles are scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, man. Okay. Yeah, so Scarred Ghost, um, check it out. I'm going to put the links later down into the description of this video. Okay, cool. Yeah, so um, about my week, actually, I'm still totally on the Vario VR3. I'm still, like, checking it out. I'm still making through-the-lens videos. I had those videos up on the channel about, um, yeah... Um, checking out the the Vario VR3 in uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator, and also checking out the Vario VR3 in big screen to watch movies. And wow, both times I was absolutely blown away by the quality. Tony, have you checked out the Vario VR3 already? No, I had the opportunity only to check out the VR2 at one exhibition. Okay. It yeah. was anyway pretty cool. Pretty cool. But I'm very curious about the, the XR3, you know, the one with the oh, mixed yeah. reality oh, stuff. Yeah. All right. But I'm envious. If you want to, you know, to lend me yours or to <laughs> give me yours, it's, it's, un <laughs> unfortunately, it's not even mine. Like it was given to me just for a month, and then I have to send it back. Unfortunately, so even I cannot keep it. It's it sucks. <laughs> uh, so, but anyways, you know, the, the VR2, it was already good, right? But the, the field of view was so small, if you can mm. remember. But yes. for the VR3, it's like, whoosh, it's like index style. And wow, oh. in the, yeah, oh my God, I'm totally in love with that thing. It's, uh, it's, it's totally fantastic. Uh, you would love it. So, yeah, hopefully I can show it to some people here at the MRTV headquarter. Once I open the MRTV experience again and once people can come here. You know, I had, I had this, I had before Corona, I had this business where people actually came here to the office, right? And I showed them all the headsets because I have them all. And then, yeah, last one and a half years, I couldn't do it. But I will do it again. And hopefully then, uh, yeah, we will be able to to keep the, the businesses open. Yeah, right, right. Let's hope so. Well, yeah. yeah. 
I would like one day to visit you, actually. Oh man, and I want I want to visit you <laughs> because I'm sure that there's better food around your area <laughs> than mine. <laughs> yeah, man. So the triangulator says, "Can I get a value via three without a business? I want one." Well, the triangulator. Ah, man, you will have to pay lots of money for this, right? First of all, like 3,800 euro just for the device and then another 800 per year for the yearly fee. So that is pretty expensive. I know that there are some people who, who, who just bought it, not as businesses, but well, you have, to, you have to simply pay the money. So hopefully there's going to be a consumer version of the device anytime in the future. Yeah, so that's what I'm working on right now. The Vario VR3, and um, it's fun. It's really, really fun. You know, I'm I'm a huge enthusiast for VR, as you know, <laughs> you, you too, obviously. And then to get hardware, which makes the experience even better, which makes this feeling of being there even better, it just friggin' excites me. Do you have the same feeling when you get new hardware and it's like all better, a bit better than before, or or much better than before? Yeah, <laughs> I remember, for instance, trying the, the Focus 3 recently and seeing all these innovations and playing with it. Uh, yeah, right. uh, when I tried Unreal Glasses, or when I have some new toys with something that surprised me, I'm, I'm like a little kid when I arrive at Santa Claus, you know. Yeah, I guess yes. you are the same. I, I am exactly the same. So about the Focus 3, what excited you? Well, uh, first of all, I think it was pretty pretty stylish. So oh, usually, yeah, right. HTC doesn't make beautiful headsets usually. So they're very practical. But in this time, it was pretty cool to wear, and also the resolution was wow, was incredible. So when I managed to reach the sweet spot, I was like, oh wow, this <laughs> is amazing. So right. the, the field of view was pretty large, and and then I love to remove it. Take in and take out the battery. I don't know why <laughs> I, I loved you to use it yeah. as anti-stress. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's pretty good. Agreed. And yeah, unfortunately, the sweet spot is not so good, right? Yes. It's like you have to look for it. And uh, oh. in general, don't you think it's a bit sad that they cannot update the lenses and make them better? Uh, I mean, we. Um, I guess they, they decided to go to only one lens for both devices, you know, to spare money on, yeah. on the production, etc. But I think they should have waited maybe some months to polish more the design and having a bigger sweet spot because I right. think that ruins a bit the whole experience with, uh, with the focus because to reach a sweet spot, you have to move it and it's not comfortable like, anymore. Right. So... It's probably the biggest drawback. The other one is the, you know, the, the fan. I don't know if yours was pretty yeah. noisy as well. It's very noisy. It's very noisy. It's like it's just, in the beginning. I thought like, what the heck is going on? Is you know what I thought? I thought like um, my loudspeaker is broken, of the thing. <laughs> really? I thought I thought like, what, what what is this noise? And then it dawned on me. Oh my god, it is the fan. So you know. It's it's like uh, for me the problem is that the fan, it, um, it changes its speed. It goes up and then goes down again. Ooh, ooh you know, and and that's like it's like super annoying. <laughs> yeah. And then I had air arriving to my eyes. I don't know if you had this. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's like it's uh, this is uh, yeah. It's it's a bit sad, right? This part. 
Because in general, But this is like a really cool, it's a cool device, actually, yes. I think. It's a really yeah, good yeah. device. But I think for the fan, I think they can still do something about it. They can still change the firmware and they can have it like that it's uh, like um, on a constant speed, probably, and doesn't kick in so fast. Yeah, anyways, anyways, strange. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyways, um, yeah, cool. Okay, you know what, Tony, let's, before we go into, into the stuff that you do, let's talk about some current topics. And I'm glad to have you here as a developer because this week we do have quite a few topics which are interesting for developers and where we can get more insight from you as a developer. So let's talk about it. First of all, let's start with this news here. Facebook deprecates proprietary Oculus APIs in favor of OpenXR. So all of their proprietary APIs are going to change in the future to OpenXR. And well, the OpenXR standard is a standard that can be adopted by all the people who want to develop for XR, for VR and for AR. And if a headset supports OpenXR, if it's OpenXR compatible, then the app or the game will work. So that is pretty amazing news, right, Tony? Yeah, I mean, uh, I was reading this article this this morning, and as you can see from some also some quotes in the article, I'm pretty excited. But of course, I think the transition may have some little problems. So it's okay. amazing because both Facebook, Valve, Microsoft are all finally adopting OpenXR and. If you are a nerd like me, you know that comic by XKCD that talks about standards that you have in the beginning, 11 competing standards, and then I have the standards to unify them all. But actually, then you have 12 standards because no one is adopting the common standard. So you just have an additional standard that creates okay. problems. But actually, this has not happened with OpenXR. So okay. actually, the companies are adopting it. And this is an amazing opportunity for us developers to finally create something that we really build once and deploy everywhere. Because it's, yeah, that's great. it's a pain in the ass when you have to create an application and add various plugins inside Unity of all the headsets, making all the conditions. So if you're building for Pico, do this one. If you're building for HTC, do this other thing. It's super complicated. OpenXR promises us that we write an application, we build it, It goes on all headsets. And for us, it means lots of time that we spare in our work. Of course, there is this time now during the transition when there is a bit of confusion of what is going to happen. Maybe you have just made an application like the virtual desktop guy has spent four years working on native Oculus APIs ah. to optimize everything for his application. And now right. Oculus say yeah. next year they will be deprecated. <laughs> so he has to convert everything to OpenXR. Wow. That's a big pain. Okay, yeah, that's right. But then uh, probably his app is going to work on other platforms, right? Yeah, but I guess every other platform will do the same. So if everyone wants yeah. to really adopt OpenXR, they should abandon their proprietary APIs okay. sometimes, etc. So okay. for who has already made something using that, especially the native APIs or something like that, 
or uses a game engine that relies on that native APIs, it can be, you know, a problem. this year can be a problem. The good news is that from 2022 on, whoever develops something has something that follows a standard that is common amongst all the headsets. Okay. We hope also Apple, but I don't think it is going to happen, but let's oh, hope uh, why, so. Why don't you think so? So do you think uh, when Apple comes out with their own headset, the Apple VR headset or whatever, you think this is not going to be an OpenXR headset? Why not? I hope so, but I've, in these years, I've always seen Apple creating its own standards for everything. Right. Right. So I'm afraid we'll have an OpenXR versus Open yeah. OS XR or whatever okay. will be the name. Right, right. And and anyways, they they will probably be very successful, right? <laughs> yes, as always, you know, it's Apple. Yeah. Yeah, cool, Tony. So, so what do you think about um, Apple's next headset? What do you think is it going to be? Do you think it's going to be that headset that we there was rumored before that is like a, a VR headset, but that has lots of AR functionality? What do you think is it going to be? I think they're making a great job in creating confusion <laughs> among yeah, right now because we don't know. Yeah, but <laughs> what do you think it's what do you think it's going to be? Well, uh, I think that they're working on many prototypes, and that's why there is this confusion. Um, I think that, uh, I don't know, because everyone talks about this vice or VR and they are whatever, something like this. Probably it can be really the first product. I'm not very confident it can be a big success. I'm more confident Apple will actually work more like Facebook is doing on the AR side, maybe first a notification phone, um, viewer, okay. then a real AR headset. I don't know about this visor because there are, the rumors are a lot. And usually when there are lots of rumors, there is something that is true. Drugs. But it feels a bit weird to me imagining $3,000 VR headset by Apple. Yeah. I don't oh, think cool. I, I don't think so. I don't think it's going to be a three thousand dollars VR headset. I I think it's going to be more high priced than than the Quest for sure, but not three thousand dollars. I think it's uh, it's something that the people who buy an iPhone would still pick up, like probably around thousand dollars or something. Hmm. But that should it should like yeah offer something crazily amazing. I don't know something. Directly from the start, I don't know, that you can watch all of your favorite uh, basketball games in perfect uh, VR, for example, this kind of, uh, yeah, or th that you that you have like the perfect virtual desktop, you know, like with the with the VR three, right? With the with the Vario VR three, I can I could perfectly work, right? It's 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 so the the, the clarity is just like so unbelievable, and if Apple would come out with something like this I think they have a great idea <laughs> I don't know I think they, they're going to come up with something that is going to be so amazing that people just want to have it they want to have this new thing they're going to put it they're going to wear it and they're going to think like oh my god Apple has nailed it you know I think I think it's going to happen like you know before the iPhone there were lots of other smartphones from Sony, but but nothing really made people go crazy. And I have the feeling we are in in, a, in some kind of like a similar spot right now. We have lots of head, lots of um, VR headsets, 
but none of them, other than probably the Quest 2, would really make the public, the general public, think like, wow, this is like viable technology. I mean, we, we crazy people know it since five, since five years. That is amazing, right? But it still is not really there um, you know, for the public to see what this can do. And I have the feeling that Apple would be the one company that can really make it happen again. And I am not even an Apple fan, you know. I'm like the Android PC guy, totally, right? It's, it's so funny. Yeah, but I mean, I was interviewing, you know, Robert Scoble, the technologist last year. Right, right. right. He's a super enthusiast about Apple. Maybe sometimes it's a bit too much, but he's also very connected with the company. And I think he is right on one point. Apple, apart from being a cool company, they have great access, expertise, etc., etc., they have a marketing power that no one ever has because we all know that the day there will be a visor by Apple, there will be thousands of memes on all websites, there will right. be people rushing to the app stores to try it. Every TV magazine will talk about it. So Facebook can't compete with this because Facebook has not even a good reputation on some things like the privacy, for instance. Apple is a bit a religion sometimes. There's always right. lots of buzz about what they do. And I think they, they can help at least awareness about the technology a lot. So we, we all hope that they are going to release something. I'm only afraid happen. of what? <laughs> right, right. It's going to be, it's for sure going to make us excited. We're going to talk about it in the community. And I have a good feeling about it. <laughs> let's see, let's see. Lars. Hello, Lars Argerbeck. Nintendo is going to be the one who starts the VR, AR revolution. Really cool. You know, I would be totally up for Nintendo VR headset for gaming because I am a huge Nintendo fan. Since, since I was a little kid, I was playing Nintendo. Like the Game Boy and Super Nintendo, everything basically, everything. I, I, even until now, I have the Switch. I love Nintendo. Same for you, Tony, or... Are you well, fan of uh, Nintendo? I've always been more, uh, you know, PC since I was very, very <laughs> young. But then whenever I've been able to try something like Nintendo, like the Wii, for instance, I love to play the Wii with friends or the Switch when I try with some friends. They they always know how to nail playing a fun way with other people. I exactly. Think exactly. Nintendo. Exactly. Even though probably they don't have the best graphics, right? They, they never try to compete against um, Sony PlayStation in terms of graphics, but they always come up with something other exciting thing, right? So, yeah, big Nintendo fan. Nintendo, do something about VR. Right? We would all be very happy. <laughs> something better than Labo. So something a bit yeah, more yeah, right. advanced. <laughs> exactly. Please, please, give us something more than Labo. Okay, yeah, so OpenXR, definitely cool and... Um, yeah, it's going to make the world easier for developers, right? If you can just um, program against the OpenXR standard and then send the same application to all the different headsets and ecosystems and it still works, that would be fantastic. So it's cool that Facebook actually, yeah, is going to adopt this standard. And I think that's probably the biggest win for OpenXR, right? Like Facebook saying, okay, we're going to use that. Yeah, I mean, it was it was great, and not only Facebook, but also Microsoft. Uh, in the past, as always, has also made something weird about standards. 
uh, HTC, Valve, everyone. Really, everyone involved was was a great news for me. And yeah. really, it's something that can really change for the better the industry. How the hardware, the theoretically should be accessories compatible with all the runtimes on the software side. So if I create a game for Quest, I can ship it on all the platforms. So nice. I think it will open lots of doors. That's that's amazing for me. Cool, perfect. All right, the next topic. The next topic is the following. Facebook is unlocking AR capabilities for developers on the Quest 2. Like, oh my God, the Quest 2 is getting better and better, right? I mean, honestly speaking, this device is incredible. It's the bomb. You know probably that my stance on Facebook is not too positive, right? In terms of like f forcing people to log in with the Facebook account and stuff, all the privacy issues. I really don't like that, as you know, probably. But even I must admit, <laughs> the, the, the headset itself, it's amazing. It's just the best consumer headset. And uh, wow, it's getting better and better. So let's talk about Facebook unlocking the AR capabilities for developers. So as you know, and as everybody knows, there is pass-through. The quality of the pass-through is, in my opinion, just okay. It's, you get some black-white image right of your environment. However, it is in 3D. And now... Um, developers can use that pass-through to make interesting AR applications. Like here, Ben Lang from Road to VR shows it. Like probably you, you can draw something into your world that is pretty interesting. Or what I think is even is more interesting, like here, there is some kind of virtual um, button <laughs> that you can press and then you can, for example, you can turn on the light <laughs> in your apartment or you can change the light to some interesting colors and yeah styling you can style your world differently or you yeah you can use the ge geometry of your world probably you can attach some picture to the wall to your real wall and it was going to stay there and all the fun stuff that you can do with augmented reality soon developers can do with the quest and the quest has so many people who use it right now so tony i want to ask you what what do you think about this functionality that now developers can use ar for the quest do you think it's uh, it could be like some little the first ar headset <laughs> that is now uh, mainstream with the quest 2 or what do you think about this functionality well, as a, as a developer, I'm super excited. I was, people that follow me knows that actually I worked with AR on the Vive Focus Plus two years ago in 2019. So um, it's a feature I already know pretty well. And I think it's very, very interesting because it can unleash uh, new things. So I don't think that's okay. something that, you know, the average user may be interested in, into. And at the, don't think that the Quest 2 with a, a can become really an MR headset. Because the, as you said, the pastor is black and white. There are also right. some distortions. It's not that good. Okay. But I think it's right. cool for two reasons, especially. The first one is that we know that Facebook is building a platform. So they create something that the future headsets can use. We mm -hmm. don't know this Quest 2 Pro that is in the works, if it has 
color cameras, high quality cameras, or maybe the Quest 4. I have no idea. At a certain point, there will be a headset with color cameras. And in that case, AR can become much more interesting. Maybe it can be something like the Lynx that is also very, very little. Right, right. Oh, yeah. So thinking in perspective, this is cool. Think about today. Uh, it's amazing because it can enable new things. And especially people with some more creativity can exploit it. So when we did hit motion, we'll talk about hit motion more later. Right. But just to give you a tiny bit, it's a fitness game. Okay. And we implemented it with augmented reality in the Focus Plus. So people okay. could play it safely. When you play a boxing game in VR, sooner or later you punch a window, your walls. You will, so. you will totally <laughs> punch somebody for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> While if you are in AR, there is not this risk anymore, for instance. So you can see other people. And maybe who knows if in the future there can be also that the system can recognize the shape of other people. So you can have shared AR experiences. You can have artists dancing and drawing in augmented reality around them. You can also create, because people with the plugin that I developed for the Focus Plus, creating some experience for rehabilitation, for evaluating conditions in the brain, to okay. also have some kind of eye treatment because you can see your environment, but you can also highlight some objects. You can create filters. Uh, you see that they are launching some yeah, initial right, filters. Right. And something that we thought at the time with the Focus Plus is launching an application, you know, with custom filters where you can customize your vision as you want. The resolution is not enough and it's not ready, probably, the, the technology. But it's cool. Imagine one thing that we created as a prototype is uh, the predator vision. We create some kind of thermal vision of your surroundings. Oh, okay, cool. And you can <laughs> look like predator. So. <laughs> I know that people like to, as I said, to draw like with tilt brush in a yard, right. so you are free to draw everywhere. Creators, people like Daniel Beauchamp, that makes all these experiments with hand striking. I'm sure we right. create something cool with AR. So it's something new, it's something that people can exploit. And if you can say final thing, sorry if sometimes I talk too much for my passion. No, 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 is, I love it. Look, go on is that one thing I'm super excited about Pastor AR, I mean, it's super difficult, it's super futuristic, is what is called diminished reality or negative augmented reality. So basically the ability to remove something. And uh, we made an experiment at the time, the focus plus very, very rough. And basically, I don't know, I can hold the smartphone in my head, in my hand, and with some magic, you make it disappear. So actually, you don't see one object and you see just the floor that is behind it. Facebook is making some experiments on these in videos. Uh, of course, they are not real time yet. We need time, etc. But it's very fascinating. Imagine That's when you are idea. in a house and you want to put yeah. some furniture, but actually you already have furniture in your house. What if you could remove them from your vision, the real right. ones, right. put only right. the virtual ones? You or can like do for that or with that's that's a good idea. Or for example, uh, at one point in time, we're all going to wear um, AR um, glasses all the time, right? And then, for example, my my wife, she can program into hers like whenever she sees me, she's not going to see my my beer belly, but she's going to see me like like a strong body, you know. And then I don't need to go to the gym anymore. Yeah. What, what do you what do you think about this idea? Yeah, there is. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty nice, and there are many <laughs> that you can. Explore. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. So I think it's, I think this is a genius idea. I, I mean, wow, it's this, this is it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's also the power of giving you, you know, your new technologies. People can come with new ideas. Some of them are funny. Some of them are useful. Some of them are crazy. And that's yeah. why I love these updates to, right, to the right. Quest. I always think I think it's good. It's on. good. It's really cool. And uh, probably with this, people can simply get a first idea about AR, what it can do. Because basically, nobody, nobody has like a HoloLens 2. Yeah, okay, I, I happen to have one because of uh, my job, and you probably also have looked at it, right? And, uh, but but the, the general public has not really experienced AR, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and counter debate says, "Lol, you don't want your <laughs> wife to reprogram you, Sam." <laughs> okay, okay, I'll, I'll totally stand here to my beer belly. Yeah, I've worked really hard on this, obviously, as you all know. <laughs> so every yeah. day you you train for your beer belly. I, I try train for that like really really hard, especially during these shows. Yeah, um, right. So probably this is this is going to give people an idea about how cool AR actually is. Because I still think lots of people, they have heard about AR, right? They know something, is there is AR, but they have never seen how cool it can be. Like, yeah, I have seen it. I've seen so cool things with the, with the HoloLens 2, like games where like some enemies come out of my wall. It's, it's pretty amazing, right? But if more people could could um, feel it now with the Quest 2. And I'm sure some people, some of the developers like you or some other developers, they're going to come up with some cool stuff that people really want to check out. So I'm very excited about this. And again, I'm excited that the Quest 2 is so good. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous what you get, right, for that money. It's crazy. I mean, uh, you also with the privacy stuff, right? I, people of this channel, they're totally aware of all these problems but it's it's just tough to to reject that piece of hardware <laughs> right as a as an enthusiast because it can do so many cool things so i'm excited about this ar updates and i'm sure people are going to come up with some cool ideas on the quest 2 and this is probably the first ar headset that yeah that that goes to mainstream Of course, it's, it's, it's very basic, and for sure the Quest 3, Quest, Quest 4, or whatever, they're going to be like cool devices that can do both really nicely, but it's very cool. So, um, Tony, you just mentioned the, the links, the links from, from Stan, from France, right? So, um, wh what are your thoughts about the device? What are your thoughts about that links, and what are your thoughts about that uh, pivot from going from business now to consumers and business you know they they made this pivot and now they, they want to do a kickstarter and they want to sell this now to consumers what are your thoughts about that well my thought, first thought is that i would love to try it you know we are both in europe <laughs> france is not a distant away if right, they right. the covid we like to fly there and try it who knows if we will be able to do that are you they, already vaccinated Uh, luckily not. I will do that next week. So we yeah. took a bit of time in Italy. So that's a bit okay. of a problem. But anyway, it's, you know, but next, next week we'll get the vaccination or 
Yes. Okay, Finally. good. Great, great, great. <laughs> I couldn't wait to do that. So I really hope right. to travel again, maybe next year. And, you know, one of the good things of traveling is also meeting new people and trying new pieces of hardware. That maybe oh, man, I, I, I so miss, too, those um, events, exhibitions, like meeting people like you. We haven't actually met in real life. We only met <laughs> in the sky, right? So it's, it's about time that we meet somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and talking about the link, so it's one yeah. of those devices that I would really love to uh, Paris to try it. And I was pretty surprised by the news because also someone said it's, it will be the Quest competitor. I said, no, <laughs> it is not the content <laughs> of the Quest. People don't have the marketing power of the Quest. Right, right. But it's for sure, it has it interest me for that mixed reality stuff again. So. Uh, and also the thing that I'm really curious are the lenses. And I know that you're curious as me because it's the first <laughs> headset yes. with those catadiotropic, what was yeah, the name? Yeah, <laughs> so crazy. Those, those lenses look so crazy, right? With those four, four, the four walls going up. It's like I've never seen something like this before. So, yeah, of course, I'm also excited to look through this headset. But I, I also agree with you that... This headset, it can hardly, it cannot compete against the Quest. Like, or I don't see it now. Probably they're going to surprise us with some super surprise um, information that we don't know yet. But um, how can it compete against the Quest when it doesn't have like controllers and not those games, right? I, I, I don't see it. I don't see that now. But I, but I don't know. Probably they will totally surprise us. I have no idea. Well, actually, I think uh, if I had to bet one euro, I would say it's never going to happen. This is not going to compete with Quest. But I also think that if they release something that is affordable enough, maybe they can create some kind of ecosystem around their classes with some developers or indies making porting of their titles. And now everyone is asking for porting of titles. This is another <laughs> interesting topic. And uh, they can have more companies wanting to buy it because maybe big companies are interested, you know, in the high tech, like the Focus 3, but a small company can't afford it. So having a mixed reality headset for, I don't know, 500 could be good for that. So I You're think right. that can aim and entering as a good player in the XR ecosystem. Not, I, maybe I don't know how Pico has done in the beginning. So arrived as a very tiny player but they have their own space and now they're growing growing so i think that this is what links can aim at doing and uh, okay. i really hope that they're going to do it also because again as a european i'm happy that it's a european company and not only people from same the states here. of china so, same here to totally agreed absolutely agreed so i totally root for them i wish them all the best i want to understand the device more and how it can compete, right? I'm, I'm really wondering what kind of content can you play with it? So I guess you can you can stream your Steam VR games. That is already some kind of um, interesting well, value proposition that you can stream your Steam VR content, right? And the question is just like, what kind of controllers are you going to use? Because it seems like it doesn't come with controllers. So controllers are obviously really important, right? So, yeah, uh, if you want to play your Steam VR games, you better be able to play with controllers. I mean, they have high hand tracking, but 
Yeah, you, you still need controllers. What, 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 what's your thought about that? I think uh, this is the big problem of the links on the technical side because they have ultra leap hand tracking, and I still think that ultra leap hand tracking with a new stereo device and a new runtime is probably the best hand tracking solution I've tried until now. So for sure, it is going to work pretty good. It's usable, but you can't play games with it. Of course, you can buy the Finch controllers to use with the links, but. I mean, I've been tried, I've been read something about the Finch controllers, I've been tried them also on the Focus Plus, whatever. They're not as good as uh, Oculus Inside. So I don't see people playing Beat Saber with it on Expert Plus mode, just saying. So, so I how, still how, see... do, how do these Finch controllers work? How do, how do the, these Finch controllers work? Um, and the Focus Plus, it was like ultrasound tracking. Okay. So that was able to track everywhere. But at the same time, if I try to keep the controllers like this, I could see the virtual hands moving a bit. It was not super stable. And mm. I think if everyone is going for the Quest tracking mode, probably the reason is that at the moment is the one providing the best results. So I'm not fully sold on the Finch controllers for the links, honestly. Again, it's good for enterprise use because when you're doing a training experience, you just like this, you know, <laughs> you can be very yeah. slow. But again, for playing right. for the consumer market. Mm. Right, right. <laughs> I, that's that's the point. That's that's what I also don't see. But probably the pass through is so amazing. And you probably have seen the same videos like I saw, like the pass through mode, the AR mode is like mind blowing amazing. Have you seen that? Like, like, wow, the pass-through camera cameras are in color, and there is nearly no no latency in these videos, and then they can project all kind of cool things into it, and they have this cool hand tracking. So yeah, probably it's not for the games that we normally play, but probably they can come up with some just amazing AR games that, that are now being explored by the Quest 2, but in perfect quality. <coughs> that should also count for something, right? Yeah, it's it's a possibility. The problem is, I mean, uh, again, it's a matter of what kind of content. Uh, the right, people are coming right. to the Quest because there are games, you know, now there are coming games from Ubisoft, Population One. Uh, there are games that have been paid, you know, AAA Studios. Facebook is pouring lots of money to fund content. And since you are like me in the ecosystem, you have heard that some of these games have cost dozens of millions of dollars to create. Right. And a little startup like Lynx, what can ask is porting of, for instance, existing games. So the same can do the others, I don't know, Vario, whatever companies that wants to create mixed reality on a headset. But the one is that there is no amazing AR uh, content until now. So if right. I can ask the Population One Studio to port the game to the Pico New 3, so they are being acquired by Facebook, so it's not possible, but let's say Red Matter. Red Matter, one of my favorite games on the it's, Quest. It's, it's good, yeah, it's great. Uh -huh. It's now on the Pico Neo 3 in China. Um, okay. And because they just had to do the porting, they already had the game. But 
what are these cool games that are already in AR that could be ported, you know, to this kind of headset? And the answer is Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> That's a smart idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be a big win if they if they say, you know what, Pokemon is here and you can play it with us. And here we have a good message here from Hussein X from the UK, by the way. <laughs> Open XR on Quest 2. Soon should help links get games ported over to it too. Yeah, if the if the device is OpenXR compatible, then lots of games could be on the device quite soon. So yeah, I would hope for something like a um, side quest store for the links, right? And and uh, if they had some cool side quest store and can build some cool content around the device. Which is exciting. Uh, yeah, who knows? Probably this can be something interesting. Yeah, I think the content question, this is really the, co the question that they have to answer convincingly. And the yeah. controller question. <laughs> yes, especially the content controllers. I think you, you said it all, but I think that you saying has made a great point about OpenXR. So uh, this can help newcomers to VR to have content right. ready out exactly. of the box. I think it's exactly. a very smart comment that he did uh the problem of the links is that he would also need ar content <laughs> i don't uh, think exactly, facebook yeah. is going to phone ar games for the quest no soon. not now you're right i agree yeah cool i'm looking forward to to find out more about the links and uh in which direction they are going to go cool 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 yeah and then real poor man says the following he says Quest 3 and PSVR 2 are going to make VR mainstream. Agreed. I think so, too. I'm so looking forward to the PSVR 2. How about you, um, Tony? Well, regarding the mainstream, it's always a matter of how you define mainstream. So, uh, you know, PC, mobile phones, gaming consoles are all mainstream, but at different levels. You know, there are billions of... Of smartphones, but just hundreds of millions of consoles. So it depends. I think that... You know, you have read that rumor that Facebook wants to sell 20 million quests next year. Okay. So that's anyway something that is mainstream and PlayStation has the power of selling millions and I'm very excited about PSVR 2. Yeah, I also too. think that it will can also decide the, the destiny of PCVR actually. So um, I think that it's, it's correct, but not the super mainstream yet. To arrive at the PC levels, we will still need years. But finally, okay. people will find normal, maybe, that a friend has a VR headset at home. <laughs> yeah, that would be good that people think, like, okay, it's normal to have a VR headset, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Tony, we've been here, like, from the very beginning, right? We, you and me, yeah. like, we, we've been doing it since, like, five years, what we're doing. And even now, even after five years, it's still in the beginning. I can't believe how early we've been into this whole thing and we're still here. And hopefully once this is mainstream, we will still be there and not stop, <laughs> what, we, stop what we're doing. Or maybe we'll be crazy and we'll find another early stage technology <laughs> and we'll repeat all of this. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Once this uh, VR goes mainstream, we'll find another topic like, I don't know, holograms or what. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Yeah, cool, cool. So... That is, that was Facebook uh, and unlocking the AR mode. Really interesting, cool topic. 
And now let's go to the next news. It's a bit smaller news. It's the following here. Yeah, the report Oculus Quest 2 is probably going to come with the 128 gigabyte storage model and the 64 gigabyte storage model might go away in in favor of the 128 gigabyte storage model. What do you think, Tony? Does this make sense? Is it going to happen? Well, again, for this, uh, there are too many rumors for people that work in stores, uh, leaked images. There is too much <laughs> to, okay. to not be true. Uh, I think it's, it's a smart move. So uh, since the VR games are getting bigger and bigger, 64 can be pretty limited. I have still a 64 gigabyte suit. Me too. <laughs> Me too. I also have the small one, yeah. I wanted to not give too much money to Zook, so I bought <laughs> yeah. the model. <laughs> I was like, okay, this, the 64 gigabyte version must do. <laughs> but actually, now the games are getting bigger, so I think it's good. Yeah. They probably have noticed that also, you know, after one year, the price of the, the, the memory has gone down, and so decided to change it. And I found it pretty strange just because, you know, working with software, you can update. Uh, things very easily. With hardware changing one model with another in all the stores, blah, blah, blah. It's a bit more complicated. So I was not expecting that. But it's a smart move because all new VR users will be able to install much more games. And I will invite them a lot. Yeah, exactly. Totally agreed. And I think two, $299 is already a very cheap price. So I think people will pick this up for sure for... Two hundred and nine dollars have one hundred twenty-eight gigabyte exactly, and then install more stuff. Probably it makes sense. It makes sense. Or um, would it not have made even more sense to go down with the price and to reach even more people? So instead of two hundred ninety-nine dollars, keep the sixty-four gigabyte version and and make it two hundred and forty-nine dollars. Uh, I think they're going to remove it because I think probably they have studied that just changing small. 50 euros with just that small uh, memory that maybe can give a poor experience in the long run. Probably they, okay. Not, okay. they, think, they thought it's not a good idea. So you think it's just too small? It's just too small and they just want to make it bigger. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, good. All right. Yeah, I think this rumor is true. I think it's going to happen. Why not? It makes sense, right? So yeah, no. they are like Facebook is doing so many smart decisions in general. Uh, they are they are doing a great job, but not with a forced Facebook login. I still have to mention that always. Okay, cool. So now, counter debate thought that he missed. Our talk about Lone Echo, but counter debate, I can tell you, no, you did not miss our talk about Lone Echo. It's going to happen now. We're going to talk a bit about Lone Echo 2. So Lone Echo 2 is coming to Oculus PC in August. To be more specific, on the 24th of August, exactly in one month, one month from now, we can all play Lone Echo 2. And... The original Lone Echo, if you have not played it, now is a fantastic time to play it because it's only going to set you back $10 and you should totally invest those $10 because even though this game is now four years old, 
it's still one of the most beautiful titles that you will find in virtual reality. Right, Tony? Yeah, you know, it's one those one little masterpieces that we have since, I don't know, the beginning, since many years. Uh, Reader Dawn is also created EcoVR for me, it's another masterpiece. So that game has been amazing, created a new locomotion mod, and oh, kind of so empathy. Way, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the graphics are so cool, the characters, the empathy. I think they're a very smart studio and probably one of the best purchases by Facebook. Right. Yeah, it's so good. So good. Really, so great, the game. And the second part is going to cost $40. So the same pricing. And for all the people who own a Quest and who are looking forward to that game, you need a computer, you need a PC, you need a gaming PC. <laughs> yeah, don't forget that. You need a gaming PC to run this because this is a Rift game. The older people who are watching this, they might still remember the Oculus Rift. <laughs> it's a PC VR headset. And yeah, it was discontinued by Facebook. So, and this Lone Echo 2 is going to be the last Oculus-funded game for the Oculus Rift. So... This is also like an end, an end to, to PC VR, <laughs> no, to Facebook PC VR. So this is not being played. You cannot play this if you do not have a gaming PC. That's super important. So I have seen some people in the Oculus Quest Facebook group who said like, huh? what's happening? I cannot play it here on my Quest, the Lone Echo. <laughs> yes, oh yeah, it's a Rift game. It's not for your Quest. Yeah, it's like when things were still coming to your computer, those old times. So... Yes, this is going to be the last game for PC VR. Um, yeah, do you have any 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 special thoughts about this, uh, or what are your thoughts about PC VR as a developer? Is it over, or is it going to come back? What are your thoughts? Does it make sense to make a PC VR game? What about um, PSVR? How does this play into this whole thing? Tell us everything. <laughs> Okay, so I take one or two hours to talk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go ahead, man. Yeah, man, we have time. I have nothing else to do afterwards, so tell, tell us. <laughs> so, just kidding. But anyway, as a developer, I wrote an article about it probably one year ago and sparked a lot of debate about this topic because I think that personally, the quest is a bit killing PCVR. And people tell it's not true because you can have a mobile game or your smartphone, a PC game on your PC. And the problem is that why mobile game and PC game are really completely different games, so completely different platforms. At the moment, mobile VR and PC VR and PlayStation VR are all more or less, you know, part of the same things. And if you define yourself a VR developer, you have to choose a platform. And you can choose it depending on your tastes, but usually if you're an indie, um, you want to survive, you aim for the money, you aim for the big market. And the big market at the moment is the quest. We, exactly. we talk about Hitmotion. Hitmotion starts now as a quest game. We are, it is the, the behind the curtains, mostly compatible with all the other platforms, but it's a quest game. We decided, okay, it's where the market is. Let's of go course. there. And... Of course. <laughs> I mean, really, it's a no-brainer. I mean, everyone who makes a VR title and it's not on the quest, it doesn't make sense. Like, if, if I would make if I would make a VR game, I I would totally make it for the quest. 
Of co- I mean, of course. And then I would probably port it to the PSVR 1 and 2 and all the other p- platforms, right? But without a doubt, the money is with the Quest. So, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree, yeah. um, Tony. It makes sense. And what is the problem? The problem is, okay, you start for the Quest. And then people say, why don't you port it to SteamVR? You say, okay, but you are an indie. So what you do is you take the game that you develop for Quest, and you make it SteamVR compatible. That it's not so complicated, right? It's not complicated, right, to do that. If you start with that in your mind since the beginning, it's not complicated. So okay, when I worked okay. on the Focus 3 when I reviewed it, I ported our game for the Quest 2 to Focus 3 in half an hour because we developed wow. everything with cross-platform in mind. Okay. But what's the problem? The problem is you're going to release on Steam a game that has the graphics of the Quest. Okay. And so PCVR users, they say, what is this? Shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and, of course. <laughs> and they have paid for a 3090 <laughs> graphics card and a 1000 word Valve index to play <laughs> yeah, right. the Ransom Quest. And they get pretty angry about it, of course. And they're right because I spend lots of money because people that are fond of SteamVR, apart from the privacy issues, is because they want super high quality graphics. They want mm. multimedia elements that can surprise them. They want Alpha Alex. If you give them a game, only only games with the quality graphics quality of the Quest, of course they'd be disappointing, and more people will not be that interested anymore in PCVR because it's the same of the Quest. So right. we have a content problem, and it's a big problem. Steam is good for us developers because it's better to create a community. So you go in early access, you get a community. Right. People are more friendly there, are more supportive, <laughs> and that's still a winning point of Steam. That anyway is a platform that has grown a lot thanks to Alex. But Quest is still much, much bigger, and its projection of growth that are even bigger. So what I say is that I don't know what is going to happen, of course, but for sure PCVR could be hurt by this lack of content, because content is the king. And I think one of the saviors of PCVR can be PSVR 2. Because PSVR 2 has been made with quality of graphics in mind. So if PSVR 2 sells a lot again, developers could find interesting that developing high graphics, high quality graphics content for PSVR 2 and then port it to PCVR. And so PSVR can be better again. So I think that PCVR2 can also decide a bit some of the destiny of PCVR because okay. it is a matter of graphics versus you know portability and easy use. Okay, I understand. So PSVR, in your opinion, probably the PSVR2 might somehow be a savior of PCVR by yeah by allowing the programmers to again do like use their full potential make beautiful games and then simply have the PSVR 2 build come to Steam VR and then there will be beautiful games cool cool yeah yeah and as a developer just to tell everyone why they say that the graphics on the quest are terrible it's really <laughs> very very you know limited frustrating working on the, the quest whatever you do you never reach 72 hertz or 90 hertz of frame rate. You really have to optimize everything a lot. So okay. that's why the graphics look like the one of the PlayStation 2 or whatever, because really the graphical power is very, very limited. So um, 
for us developers working on Steam actually is much easier because we can we can work more more relaxed way, even if we waste a bit of resources, the game runs smoothly. So okay. let's see what it's going to be. Okay, cool. I understand. So yeah, people who are watching this podcast, they know already that I am a big believer in cloud. Okay, now again, it happens again. I'm going to talk about cloud. So in my opinion, PC VR is absolutely not dead at all because Valve is going to come out with some headset, with a standalone headset that simply streams all of your Steam VR content. So either by you having your computer here, like in your play space, and you stream it via, via Wi-Fi 6E, or if you don't have a computer that can do that, you will simply stream that from the cloud. There are going to be cloud, cloud gaming services that are simply going to play those high-end Steam VR games, and they're going to stream it to your Index 2 or whatever it's going to be called, and then you can enjoy all these beautiful games, and even on that mobile processor, because the mobile processor does not have to render this. Tony, you as a developer, what do you say to my vision of the future? Well, um, I love it, first of all. <laughs> I was, it's my same dream. Uh, I think that one part is going to come is uh, uh, before the other. I mean, uh, we have seen the Steam Deck, so we know that Valve has the power of making standalone stuff. So we all hope for a standalone headset that maybe can stream super easily Steam content with a super neat interface. You put it on your head, you launch Steam VR games, and you play. That will be pretty cool, and we've already seen that it works. Regarding the cloud, having worked the last year on a project that also involved some kind of cloud testing, cloud rendering, I have to say that the technology, the software, I can say that it's almost there. Uh, I've tried the NVIDIA Cloud XR SDK uh, via mm -hmm. 5G or whatever, and I can say that it's super easy to implement and it works out of the box. It understands automatically how is the speed of the networks, how to configure everything. It's incredible. The problem is still the latency to the server. Okay. Because even if you have 5G, you, so you have faster communication over the air, but anyway, you, you can't go beyond the speed of light. So the, the data must arrive from your headset to the antenna via 5G, then cable to the server. The server yeah. must be perform the rendering and then the data must come back. And all of right. this should happen in 20 milliseconds. It's very hard. At the moment, yeah. I will say- the I couldn't is make it here. so fast. <laughs> so yeah, but um, you know but you know what? Actually, like I am this beta program from Plutosphere, and this is some yeah. kind of cloud streaming service, and I tried it here at, at the MRTV headquarters, and I was surprised how well that worked. It felt as if I would be streaming from my local computer. Really, it's so good. And I was so surprised about this. So to get into this better, I had to give them uh, the ping, like my ping from me to my closest Amazon AWS server. And that was under 20 milliseconds, right? So, so that is okay. So this connection was fast and it worked well. It really works well. It works surprisingly well. So when I tried this, I could see the future of VR is there. 
I mean, I believed that before, <laughs> but I didn't believe that it's like here already, that it can be done now in 2021. But it can be done in 2021. So I think this is going to arrive sooner than, than later. What do you think? When, do we, when are we going to get that cloud streaming services for VR? When well, is HTC going to bring their, their service to, to, uh, to the cloud? Probably. I mean, they are very close also to Tembidia, so it's something that I see also possible to happen. They already made, you know, local streaming, the Focus 3, so I think it's possible. But as I said, uh, I agree with you, the software is there. The mm -hmm. problem is that the experience that you had was very positive. Yes, Should be should be available for everyone in every location. Yeah. So even someone that lives in the countryside, for instance. Yeah, that's, that's tough, probably, yeah. So I see that uh, coming slowly at the beginning. So we need years for creating the server infrastructure. So servers everywhere, edge servers, okay. yeah, to right. provide this kind of functionality. I don't know what will be the time frame, honestly, for that. I think that already next year we have something more on the enterprise side or on big cities or whatever. But for something like this to become mainstream, honestly, I don't know because I should speak with someone from the AWS or Azure or this kind of um, cloud providers because they are the problem. Because the, the SDKs like the Plutosphere, like ISAR, like NVIDIA are already amazing. So if you have a server close to right. you, it's like working with virtual desktop. Yeah, amazing. exactly, exactly. Right. So, yeah, it depends where you are, of course. So I'm in quite a big city in, in, in Germany, Dortmund. It's, I think, probably quite good internet. I don't know, in Turin. You're in Turin, by the way. Probably also have quite good internet. It's a big city as well. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, right. Anyways, we totally didn't talk about Lone Echo now. <laughs> we got we got totally drawn away from the topic. So Lone Echo is the last game that Facebook is doing for the Rift platform. So the Rift platform is dead. But well, we knew that already for a long time that the Rift platform is dead and it's not surprising for me. And um, yeah, we, we came to this topic about cloud streaming because I don't think that PC VR is dead in general. I, I do believe that in the very long future, I don't think that the content will be rendered locally most of the time. So yes, right now, yes. And we're living in some kind of um, time where things are still being, uh, uh, being rendered locally. But on the long run, everything is going to go to the cloud. Would you agree with that? that and on the long run, let's say in five years, I don't think we're going to play, uh, I don't think that our VR experience will be rendered locally. Or do you think in five years it will still be rendered locally? That's a tough question. It depends on many factors. Five years, probably we hope that cloud streaming will have had success. But we have seen there is someone in the comments that mentioned, for instance, Stadia. Stadia already works decently good, but anyway, it was a flop. Uh, even if now it, it technically it works, so there is NVIDIA with a streaming service, no one of them is taking food. So there are also some kind of psychological reasons sometimes to you like to, especially if you are a gamer, you love to have your custom pieces, super powerful, make okay. people envy you. And having something in the cloud is a bit more, 
I don't know, a bit more impersonal, a bit less cool. So there is also a social factor that you have to take in mind. Uh, but I think that sooner or later is inevitable. It will be five years, it will be 10 years, I don't know. Yeah. But sooner or later it is going to happen because there are so many advantages of using the cloud, uh, so much cheaper, uh, so many more functionalities and can also enable more things for AR and VR. It's just a matter of time, you know, technology ready, people that accept it. So I agree with you on that. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> and again, we didn't talk about Lone Echo 2. So are you so excited? Lone Echo 2. I, Lone, Lone Echo 2. <laughs> oh, yes. It is coming. And I'm looking forward to it. It's the 24th of August. Are you also looking forward to it? And on which headset are you going to play it? <clears throat> Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to also because, you know, it's it's the end of an era. It's the end of the right. Facebook PCVR content. Yes. So, and with, the, I think, a great game that has been delayed so much time. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> I think that people started defining it like the new, Duke Nukem Forever of VR, <laughs> you know, the Bubbleware right. game that everyone is waiting for. Exactly. And it's good that it arri it's arriving finally if they don't delay it again. And uh, I guess they had it has been delayed because now Ready Down has other priorities for Quest content like Eco VR or whatever. But I'm excited because I really hope it can be as as immersive, as cool, and I really hope also as innovative as the first Lonico. I hope to have some surprises. So not just the second chapter of the story or whatever. Maybe okay. I hope there will be come with some new mechanics, some new genius ideas that okay. may surprise me. I love to be surprised by VR games and I really me hope too. that this last Facebook PC VR game can make me happy. Uh, I'm I'm quite sure it's going to make us happy. I mean, for the, the first game, it surprised us by the cool mechanics about zero G, right? Zero gravity. Like how you could like um, move around in that space station and together with these beautiful graphics. It's, it's totally magic. For me, it's like this is like the magic in VR in a game that you can feel like zero gravity. I mean, uh, very few of us will ever in our lifetimes feel it. But thanks to virtual reality and thanks to Lone Echo, we kind of have an idea how it could be to be on that space station and to get around, right? So I think that was genius. And wow, it would be fantastic if somehow they could um, yeah, come up with another genius idea. Who knows? Who knows? Probably they will. Probably they will. So definitely, I'm so looking forward to it. So the price is going to be the same. Um, so who knows? Probably it's, it's going to have like the same scope. Not super too long, the game. Yeah, we'll see. We don't know. Uh, basically, we don't know anything. <laughs> we have seen like a 15-minute gameplay video um, about it, but we don't know so much more information about um, about Lone Echo 2. And um, yeah, let's. I, I'm, but I'm pretty sure it is going to be the bomb. I mean, they've been working on this for so long, right? They've been working this forever. Like at one point, I really thought, like, okay, you know what? Actually, they are porting that for the Quest 2. That is what I was thinking. Because, well, it took them so long. 
Did you also at one point think that they would just port this to the Quest 2 and make it a Quest 2 exclusive? Regarding Loneco, I don't know. Personally, I don't think so because, you know, it's the cool side of Loneco is that it's so beautiful. Uh, it's like yeah, Alex, right, okay. you know, you yeah. can't port Alex to Quest. You will ruin everything about it. Okay. So okay. do we have EcoVR on Quest and it's a great game. We can't say it's not a fantastic game. And right. we see that if it has been delayed by two years, probably <laughs> Facebook has not that interest in Lonico 2. So they're releasing it because they promised it. And the community will be super happy about it. I'm super happy about it. You are super happy about oh, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's the last dance. Of, right, for of PCVR. Exactly. Daggers K just asked, can you play Lone Echo and Lone Echo 2 if you don't have a Rift or Quest? Yes. You can, and uh, you simply have to install uh, software on your PC. You, you need to have a gaming PC that can do VR, that's important, but then you need to download and install a program called Revive. And with Revive, you can play most of the Oculus Rift titles and it works pretty well. So yeah, you can play Lone Echo on, the, on, on all the other headsets. Like I've recently played it on the Vario VR3, and wow, it's just, it's just wow, it totally blew my mind. It's so beautiful. You know, the game in, in, in itself is still beautiful, but then to see it without any god rays, with that um, perfect resolution where you can't see any pixel anymore, wow. Blown away, mind blown. Yeah, you've probably seen my Philip Lens video where I was a bit like uh, fascinated, so that was pretty good. Wow! Yeah, yeah. So yeah you must I hope try you it. can have the the Vario VR three when Loneco will be out. Please, oh, yeah. hope, <laughs> ask so them too. to keep it for I some will, more days. I will try. I will try it. But you know what? Actually, I was considering to buy the Vario VR three here for my business for the MRTV experience. You know, because I think if I have the Vario VR three here, more people will even come here to the MRTV experience to to check out the headset, just to see how the future of VR is going to look like. Yeah, let's see, let's see. If you can afford it, uh, buy it. I mean, you can say to everyone, I'm the guy with the Vario VR 3. So exactly, exactly. Come, come like to the out, headquarters. <laughs> it's like going out the street with a Ferrari, so you can be <laughs> the cool guy in the surroundings. Right, so. right. I'll and try to be that Ferrari guy <laughs> for VR. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, okay, cool. Lone Echo 2. I mean, there's not much to talk other than we. I think all of the community is looking forward to it. I think every single person who is watching this stream here right now is going to probably buy it on the first day, right? If you're going to buy it on the first day, people out there, please say yes. <laughs> if you're not going to buy it on the first day, please say no. We'd simply love to know what the people think, what the people yes. out there think. But I think, <laughs> right, Tony? I think people will, people will yes, uh, yes, buy yes, it. Yes, 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 <laughs> Yeah, right, exactly. I also need to chime in. Oh, there's some people who are not going to buy it. Like, no, Skid Row is not going to buy it. And Evil I've, yeah, Paradise Decay, yes. Hell I yes. I love Paradise Decay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Phil Yar, no, why not Phil? Phil. I always thought like you also buy these titles on day one. <laughs> first sale is the best answer. At the poll, we'll buy first it. At first yes. 
Yes, yes, yes right. Oh, Skid Row doesn't want to install the Oculus Store. <laughs> no Facebook for Skid Row. Okay, that does make sense. That does make sense. Yeah, okay, cool. So that's Lone Echo. Looking forward to it. Now, the next, the next short topic is this year. Fract. It's a PSVR exclusive game. And it is an action game where you have, like, shooting... You have climbing, you have zip lining, you have all the good stuff. And there is a very cool demo out now that you can check out for free for the PlayStation VR. And I did check this out. And wow, I liked it a lot. Really, really cool. Like uh, very colorful on the PSVR especially. That's cool because of the OLED screen. Super, super enjoyable. And I had an amazing time with it. So, yeah, you have some skiing, as you can see here, and you have that kind of cell-shaded look, like Borderlands. And I think they totally nailed it. So even on the PlayStation VR, which by now is a bit dated, right? I mean, with the resolution, it's kind of low. And other games, like, for example, um, the, the, the last game that I didn't like is this, um, the shooting game. The last shooting game which came out. What's, what's the name again? Um, uh, I forgot it now. The Sniper, Sniper VR. Yeah, that looked terrible on the PSVR. <laughs> like, like super terrible. Really? But the, yeah, yeah. They, oh, really? Like I played it on the PSVR and I totally didn't enjoy it. Then I played it on the Quest 2 and there looked so much better. But this game here, I played it on, on the PSVR, obviously, since it's an exclusive game. Exclusive game and it's, it's so, so beautiful. I like the cell shaded style and it was really fun. So what do you think about this art style? Do you enjoy this kind of cell shaded style? Well, I, <clears throat> you know that I don't have a PlayStation, so I haven't been able to okay. play this game. But I watch uh, videos like this one that you're showing now. Um, I love I love this game. I think it's the cool I think it's cool that we're experimenting with many different styles in VR. So not all games should be realistic. This cells uh, shaded style yeah. is something that I think is pretty cool and also good if you want to make something that is violent but doesn't feel that violent anyway. So something exactly. is not that realistic. I think the brain accepts it more easily if there are errors. If something is not perfect like in reality. Right. right. So I love it. Yeah, yeah, I also really enjoyed that style. And what I also really enjoyed about the style is the mechanics. The mechanics of like hiding behind boxes, for example, all these kind of things. Because you you have one free hand, your left hand, and with that free hand, you can grab onto things like you can see here. And I then I love to. Yeah, this is this is great. You know, the, this kind of mechanic of ducking and hiding between behind stuff, it worked so well. So you can just grab the stuff like this box and then you can if you want to look up from it, you simply put it down and then you look up, you shoot and then you go back. So actually this is like one of the best mechanics for this kind of like hiding that I've ever felt in VR. And yeah, Paradise Decay also loves it. And wow, I really, really enjoyed it. Like I streamed this game to my German channel and wow, I had such a great time. So I think, first of all, I think 
it's pretty fantastic that there's still like exclusive games on the PlayStation VR even so short before the end of that generation, right? I mean, it's like the last year and then nothing and yeah. then there's a PSVR 2. So it's cool that they will still give new content to the PlayStation VR and it's, this is not the only one, right? Sometimes they do these kind of um, like press releases and then, okay, here, four new games for PSVR. And I think that's quite remarkable for being so late in that life cycle. Yeah, I, w I want to ask you a curiosity about this game since you have been able to try the game. What about yeah. the locomotion modes? Because in the videos I've seen lots of locomotion possibilities with walking, All right. skiing, jumping, right. you know, yeah, yeah, it works. whatever. Exactly. Yeah, so, so actually what they use is they use mostly the typical um, PSVR locomotion style. So on your left... Um, aim controller you simply click on the big button and then you you um you walk and then you simply show it into the direction that you want to walk if you want to walk straight you point forward if you want to go back you uh, point backwards and yeah that works really well and then if you want to look to the sides on the right stick you would click on the on the two buttons yeah it's a it's a typical psvr kind of style and then for climbing it's 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 very intuitive you simply do like you would um, climb. <laughs> it's, uh, it's very intuitive, very well done. And then uh, when you ski, in order to uh, change the direction, you would like do your head like this. Yeah, Fract is really good. So I loved that demo. The demo was like probably half an hour and then it stopped. And I was like a bit sad when it stopped. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you can like I think pre-order it now for 22 euros, and all the people who have the PlayStation, I can just encourage you to support this game. It, I really, really had a great time. So yeah, Paul asks, is this PS4 game or PS5? Yeah, this is a PS. Uh, um, yeah, it's for the PSVR, so it runs on PS4, but on PS5. Also, they say, um, I think you can use like a higher frame rate or so. So, so they somehow yeah. make use of the PlayStation 5. So, yeah, it's, a, it's a cool. I really, I'm really looking forward to the full game. Full game is going to happen quite soon. So, yeah, that is fracked. Fracked on the PSVR. Very cool. Yeah. And now, before we talk about your game, there's one topic that you are excited about, Tony. And it is... Brain computer interfaces and Facebook. Yeah, I'm on your. I'm on your page right now. I'm on the scarredghost.com and looking at the top news of I think like uh, two weeks ago or something. And top news of the week: Facebook gives up on brain computer interfaces for now. So tell us a bit more about uh, what do you think about brain computer interfaces in general for VR. And in your opinion, what does it mean for, for VR that Facebook now is not excited about it? It seems like for now. Well, brain computer interfaces are something that I'm super fascinated about. If I had days with six, seven hours more, I would dedicate them probably <laughs> to study them more because I think it's it's the long term future of everything, of how we interact with technology. Wow, so really? Everything? Of yes. everything? Wow. 
Wow. The Matrix. You, you, oh my God. Some, <laughs> yes. You know, the Nerve Gear, the Matrix. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But even crazy ideas like the ones of Elon Musk that basically with his Neuralink company, his end game is to have our brain to work in synergy with artificial intelligence. So basically oh when God. you think about something, parts of your brain, you know, when you think about something, you don't know, know exactly what is going to happen, but you have some neurons that fire and then think about what you want to think about actually. Imagine if through time interface, parts of this communication goes outside the cloud towards an artificial intelligence. So yeah. when you think automatically, you think with your neurons and with some AI on the cloud, this is the goal of your Elon Musk. This is really powerful. Imagine that I ask you, okay. I don't know, to, to make a super complex calculus and you do it like this, just thinking because your brain is connected with some machines. So this is the some of the fascinating ideas of um, brain-computer interfaces, like you know the matrix is something that theoretically is possible to do. You have a brain plug that simulates all your nerve sensations, and there are already experiments on putting informations into the brain. Very very simple stuff. With technology, for instance, called TMS. Uh, that uses magnetical fields. It was possible for some people to play a 1D game, understanding when they were colliding with a wall or when they could move without mm -hmm. looking, just by information that uh, just by trigger sent to the to the brain. Wow. So okay. this is super fascinating. Of course, it's something projected a lot in the future because we know okay. nothing basically about the brain. We know some parts of it, like. Uh, you know all the processes because we know pretty well the paths they work on the motor areas of the brain. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. why we have those, those vries that Facebook is working on because all the working on the movements are more known by us. But all the rest, how do we feel the taste of something in the brain? We don't have a clear idea of how to simulate it or how, even how to read your sensation about it. And there is also the yeah. problem that at the moment the best interfaces require you to drill your skull. <laughs> and that's uh, another big problem because I don't think that if you want to make a review for the MRTV channel, you want someone that opens a hole in your head right, and puts right. some electrodes inside. No, not so, necessarily um, right, yeah. That's, that's a lot to talk about. Now there are some devices, for sure you reviewed some of them with uh, yeah. like sensors that you put in your skull. Did, but yeah. your skull is a big filter of information. So you can only understand the general status of what's in your brain. So some people mm -hmm. made an example. It's like when you go out, you are outside the stadium. You can understand what's happening because you can hear people screaming if someone okay. makes a goal or if someone, you know, is happening, something cool is happening, the match is over. But you can't understand who is kicking the ball at the moment because okay. you don't have the vision. So that's why all these gadgets that you can put on your skull at the moment are good to understand if you're concentrated, if you're sleepy, blah, blah, blah. I can't understand if you're thinking about the Vario VR3 or you're thinking about the beer or whatever. Yeah, all so, the, all, everything together. <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> so there's a lot of work to do. And Facebook wanted to create an interface that goes outside your head 
and could understand what you want to type on a keyboard because we all know that okay. writing in the RNR is terrible. And they promised it. They said in some years we have a virtual keyboard that you think about it and you type 100 words every minute. I was okay. like, really? How? <laughs> I was pretty surprised and everyone in the BCI field was like, how are they going to do it? And in fact, they didn't succeed in doing it. Mm -hmm. They managed to do something that was able to write maybe 10 or 15 or whatever by having electrodes inside your brain. And okay. so they ditched away the project because it's too long term. As they open sourced everything for the community and I really compliment them for that. So I critic Facebook like you for many things, but it's good when they release the project abandoned to the research community. Right. In right. this case, this can help people with disabilities. So really compliments Facebook for this. Uh, but they're, they're forgetting about BCIs for the moment and they're focusing on their wrist interface for AR. But BCI is something that many other companies are working on very long also, term. Also Valve, right? Also Valve is excited about it. Yes, Valve with OpenBCI is probably going to release a Galia headset or something like that next year right. with BCI sensors that can understand, as I said, the status of your brain. But what is interesting of Galia, this project, is that they say they mix different kind of data. You have tried the Omniceft by uh, HP. So imagine mixing the data of the Omniceft with some info about brain waves. You can even have right. more data about uh, the current status of the user. It can be useful for psychology, for training, for many, many things. So I think this headset won't become mainstream at all, but for researchers, for some enterprise usage, it's very for useful. people working on games, it's amazing. Right. I'm pretty right. excited about BCI, like uh, a kid. I don't know if you are excited as well. Sad, so. um, I am in general, yes, but for me, it still feels like so far away. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more excited for other things right now, like the cloud XR and stuff, because, yeah, it's, it seems like, um, okay, this is another thing probably in 10 years, probably it might be uh, more viable. Some, some products like for consumers with BCI. And then it's it's only about reading, right? It's not about writing, like um, the part where they write things into our brains. <laughs> this is like so far away, I think. Yeah, I completely agree so. with you. It's a dream, but it's cool to see that, for instance, the EMG stuff with the bracelet that Facebook is working on is more viable. Yeah. So let's see. I know it's probably something that thirty years, forty years, who knows. But I hope to be still alive when there will be a BCI helmet and I can die happily. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Who knows? Yeah, right. Okay, cool. Now we have talked about all the topics and now we want to hear about you, Tony. We want to hear about the game that you're working on as a developer and the game that people can download right now. So before we talk about it, let's have a look at your trailer and I'm going to play your trailer now, this is Hit Motion available right now. Yeah. 
Yeah, good. So it has a pretty lady. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait, let me just turn this off. She was very kind to help us in doing this trailer. Perfect. Yeah, cool. So tell us, what is it motion? What do you do? So you are punching things? It's, a, it's like a fitness game? Uh, first of all, I want to say that Hitmotion is a game that we made as a team. So some, someone sometimes thinks that it's my game. It's not my game. It's the game of New okay. Technology Walkers. And there are kind cool people that work at it, like the game designer Massimiliano Ariane, the 3D artist from MMID and the other designers from DP Studios, and also the support from HTC that helped us in the beginning with uh, the game for the Vive Focus Plus. And the idea behind Hitmotion is to let people stay fit while having fun. You know, fitness now is a great trend of VR. Facebook will listen yes. it. And we work actually since Hitmotion has a very long story, but just to describe what is now is uh, a game where you punch stuff, you dodge objects, you theoretically move in the room, not in the demo, but there are levels in the other versions where you can move in the room, punch stuff, dodge objects, and move a lot, and there are also some gamification mechanics like daily stars, achievements, to try to keep you engaged in returning every day and stay fit. Uh, it's very okay. cool that we launched it on SideQuest. Uh, we have submitted also for App Lab. We are fixing some problems that Facebook has notified us. So hopefully it will be out soon also on App Lab. Okay, okay. So right, but right now you can, people can go to SideQuest and, and get it. For free. Yeah, I get a free demo. Uh, our okay. idea was to make people, we wanted feedback. Uh, you, when you are an indie, you, you need feedback. You, you can't pay for test groups with hundreds of people to try your game. So we decided to put it for free so that people can try it. People can have fun. And that's important for us that our people that try our game. And also, you know, during the pandemic, there are people at home so they can stay fit playing our game, and also we hope to get some bit of buzz to get the attention to then okay. be able to develop the full game that will be released with all the features that we have in mind. All right, all right, I understand. So um, tell us, um, how is it, is it hard to get a game on App Lab? No, on App Lab is rather easy. Probably later we can speak about uh, the cube yeah. that I published. <laughs> but I can say that uh, the Facebook, the App Lab thing is, has been fought quite well for the submission process. I mean, it's it's quite slow that you're in when you have an answer. But apart from this, the dashboard is pretty cool. And when you fail on something, you have a feedback written by a person that says why you have been rejected. So you can fix exactly that, resubmit it, and usually in a few days they review it again, so you don't wait again for weeks, like for the first submission. And usually you just look for that the game works and respect some basic rules. So the Apple submission actually is something that I think all developers can make. It's, it's pretty okay. easy. Okay, okay. But then on App Lab, actually, you, you will not earn lots of money, right? You need your game to go to the real store. Will you say that if you make it to the real store, you have a good chance to, to, to make it big? Like, like is, do, you think that all, <laughs> do you think that all the games in the Quest store, all the developers, they got their money worth of the development time and money they spent? 
I I don't know if every one of them, but at the moment that the content of the official quest store is still not that many, not that big, I think it is a good possibility. I think that everyone on the quest store is making money. I don't think everyone is making millions, but I think that at least everyone is making tens of thousands of euros. Okay. Um, that's already a good result. Uh, if you think that on App Lab is very hard to earn money, because first of all, the contents by default are free. And you have right. to write a letter to Oculus explaining them what will be the price, why, blah, blah, blah. So it's not even an automatic process to set your price on App Lab. That's ah, really? Weird. Okay, so, so basically everything on App Lab must be free first. First free, yes. And then you write a letter, contact Oculus, and you say you want to put it for five euros, blah, blah, blah. So it's already a, f a step that adds friction that I find a bit frustrating. But the biggest problem for FabLab is how you make people to discover you. So let's make okay. an example. Let's suppose that Facebook had not rejected our game for some teeny problems, and the game now was an Apple app. No one will know it. Really, no right. one. And there's right, no right. way that people find it. So it's right. frustrating. You are there, but you don't exist. You have to do all the marketing. You have to push however you can via side quests, via okay. contacting the journalists. Right. You um, have to go on some kind of strange podcast, everything. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. And whatever you can, you yeah. go on the street with the t-shirt of your game. <laughs> to, to right. make people notice you. And that's a bit frustrating for us indies because it's already difficult the life of an indie because they're right. always tight on money. Most of the time you have to do something else like we did consultancy. We at yeah. NTW. I also because, did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like somehow we have to survive, right? We content creators. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so um, having also that you are not discoverable on a store, okay. it's it's a total disaster for, okay. for us. I hope that Facebook will improve on this. Uh, if someone from Facebook is listening to this podcast, as I hope I invite you <laughs> to give us in this a bit more visibility. And, but then again, I think that anyway, SideQuest is helping all us in this to have an opportunity. Uh, we have some hundreds of downloads of our game until now, even if we had not spent even a euro on marketing. So we have okay. to thank something like SideQuest to give us visibility. Okay, cool. And also, I'm going to put your the link to SideQuest into the description of this video. So you. if you're if you're watching this right now or if you're listening to this right now, I am going to do this. And you know what? I Let me understand. actually we can put it right now into the into the chat. Let me just put to put the link to SideQuest. One moment. Let's see if it works because sometimes YouTube blocks the links. Yeah, but for me, it should, it should work actually. Can That's people sorry. see that right now? I think, yeah, probably. I hope people can see it. Anyways, I will. I will put the link to side to the side quest. I am going to put it down into the description of this video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see it. Okay, perfect. So people can. Can go can download it right now and check out <laughs> what Tony had made there, or at least the the free demo. Cool, very cool. So um, you mentioned that you you have been working with HTC on this device, so uh, uh, on this game, or um, they were supporting you. 
Well, the game actually is born as a game for the Vive. It was one of the launch titles of the Vive Focus Plus. So okay. there was this opportunity when HTC was launching the Focus Plus. Uh, we proposed them this content uh, that could give value to, you know, to the 60F device. It was the first device. It was like the Quest, uh, the Quest 1 of HTC. And we proposed it to them, and they were pretty happy to support us uh, making this game. And it was launched with the device. And as I said before, it was a mixed reality game. So it could punch safely everything. It was the same mechanics, but all in AR. It was even more difficult because the AR plugin that we made was pretty heavy. So we had super limited resources to make the game. So the graphics was super simple. But it was, it was a cool ride. It was cool to launch the game in Shenzhen in front of 100 Chinese people that couldn't understand what I was saying, probably. <laughs> but who cares? I was super happy to be there. The team at NTW was following me on stream. Everyone was happy together with me. So we're grateful for them because they believed in us and gave us the possibility of creating the first version of the game. And luckily, the Focus Plus, you know, in the West was more uh, enterprise headset. So it's not a device where it's good to sell a game. But uh, so that's why we started working on porting on the Quest. But of course, we, we don't forget the support that they've given us. And the human okay. side, they still support us on the Quest. We're evaluating maybe to see if it works on the Focus 3 or whatever. So it's... <laughs> It's, it's been a pretty cool ride, as I said. Make it, being a game developer is, is not easy as some people think. So as a team, yeah. we have to work hard to even make a simple game, like at the moment is hit motion in this demo version. But it's, uh, it's a lot of effort, um, but it's satisfying when people make us compliments because they say that the game is cool, is make them sweat a lot because they have to punch really a lot. Right. Max, the game designer, was a bit sadic in this. I said, I want people to really be trained. I want people to sweat. And I said, yeah, let's do it. I don't want to make a simple game. So it's, okay. it's really good to get to be trained. In this five levels of the game is pretty fun. Okay, so for all the people who would like to work out a bit in their Quest 2 or Quest 1, you can do that now with hit motion. And again, the link is down in the description of this video and also just now in the chat. So please do check it out and give Tony some feedback, right? That's what you want. You want feedback. So give Tony feedback, um, rate the game on, on SideQuest, for example, and all the good stuff. Tony, so how is it? Um, how can you get into the store? How does it work? Like into the real store? So you, 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 you send a message to Facebook and say you're... Our game is very good. Uh, please let us go to the store, or they will just connect with you. Or do you have any idea about how that works, actually? Um, yes. Yeah, so basically, um, it's interesting to speak about this. So people think that you release an app lab, and if you are doing good, you go into the main store. Actually, it's not exactly like this. Um, okay. Even when I talk with people at, that is, are making passing places, the game by Realities are your great team, great game, uh, they told me that they have not been promoted automatically from the okay. app to the Oculus. They said 
they had to pitch the game to Oculus again. They were reject rejected the first time and they made a new pitch showing the numbers they had on AppLab. And this convinced Oculus to publish them. When I talked with other developers, all of them told me it's about speaking with the right people inside Facebook and Oculus. And prove that you're able to deliver a great game that is worth at least $10. That's what Chris Poet says, it's a $10 rule. If uh, the, your game is, or experience is not theoretical, you wouldn't pay at least $10 for it. Probably it won't arrive on the Quest Store. Okay, so you have to provide them the, the proof that you're a team that can do it, that you are engaging the community, that you're going well, that the concept is cool. So they want to okay. verify that the game can be successful. And this okay. is, and you must convince them. It's like, you know, when you're looking for investments, so you really have to you're convince right, them right. and speak with them. Um, so this is important. Of course, you have to speak with someone on Facebook. This is what everyone has told me. I know that also an address, whatever, uh, where you can contact them to a page that uh, someone has passed me. Probably when we will have a master plan and some more data about the people that use it on SiteQuest to provide them, we want to go there with a the pitch and hear their opinion about our game. We will try to do that, of course. Someone asking me on the comments also about uh, Steam. We are thinking also about other platforms, of course. First, we want to understand what is our potential on Quest, fix some bugs that the community is notifying us, and then we can think also about other platforms. Okay, okay, interesting. So hit motion again, please try it out and give Tony more feedback. So Tony, you made a very interesting article. It's like, uh, the article is like, um, can you survive in this industry? <laughs> uh, tell us a bit more about this. Can you, can, can you survive as a VR developer right now? Or what does it take? for people to to make a living in this very still very young industry. I mean, uh, you've just mentioned you did consulting to survive. And actually, I also did it. <laughs> I'm, I also consulted companies in order to to make the money to survive because, yeah, the numbers are not there, right? Yeah, I think that, you know, <clears throat> people, not everyone knows uh, that it has been also pretty hard for me in the past working in this industry. So when I started New Technology Workers with Max Ariani in 2017, uh, I remember that I was just shaking my head every time. It was super difficult to find consultancy jobs. It was very difficult to find people to speak about potential games or whatever. Because it was the moment that VR is that period. And okay. Really, I could only speak with people that maybe were interested about VR and then they disappeared or whatever. I was very, very frustrated. I did whatever I can to earn a bit of money and that was pretty hard. I will say that since 2019 with the Quest, with the rumors about Alex, with many more things, the situation is much, much better. And I think right. now it's possible to survive doing only VR or VR or things that are similar, you know, CGI or whatever. Uh, okay. It requires still effort. So of course, yeah, <laughs> it's not like doing websites that you can have lots of requests every day because everyone needs a website. 
but now if you have a good network, if you fight, if you diversify your earnings, like right. you, Sebastian, exactly. have a YouTube channel, you do consultancies, exactly. you have the VRTV experience. I'm a right. developer, I'm a blogger, exactly. I am a copywriter, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm a consultant, so I do, I have a passion, exactly. lots of things. And if you unite all these things together and yeah, you can earn, you can make a living and you can I be happy so. about it. But yeah, I know exactly. people that are still not there. And I want right. to tell them to be patient because we are still in the early days. You said this in the beginning, <laughs> we are very still a niche. So, if you can't live out of VR, maybe find another main job, a part-time job, full-time job, and keep some time every day to keep working on your passion of VR. Sooner or later, it can become the source of your earning. I say can say that because I've been there. I've done that. But same here. Same here. Two terrible <laughs> years, and then slowly, yeah. because I believed in so strong, I managed to arrive at this point where. I'm you know, I oh, can right. <laughs> yeah, Same here. So, wow, Tony, we are so in the same boat, right? I mean, we do the things that we do because of pure passion, because we love the stuff. I mean, we could do other things in other industries and have a, have a good living, right? But we, yeah. we'd know, we, we, we were like, no, we will stay in this industry. We do our things. And now look at us. We made it. <laughs> At the moment, yeah, <laughs> yeah. At the moment, I mean, also for me, exactly. Like, um, yeah, it's it's it was tough to reach this point, but now I've reached it. I can live from what I do, right? From from this YouTube channel, and then from the MRTV experience, where people come visit me here in the office, and I show them all the headsets. Yeah, right. Exactly. You have to like at this moment in time, you still have to look for several things, right? Several money streams in order to make it happen. But um, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm really happy for you and me that we made it somehow <laughs> with this crazy yes. passion of ours, right? To stick to this. <laughs> We've yes. been here from the very beginning, Tony. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right, right. we will believe. So we, we have seen uh, that uh, hard moment. So we, we have, we have, we have we gone have. together. We have seen each other yes. going for terrible moments and everyone we try to smile in public to say yeah, hey, really, everything is good <laughs> everything is going very good yes <laughs> we are super yeah. successful and, but yeah. now actually we managed to to find our place to live yeah exactly fighting that's the problem yeah, of course yeah, of course of course we 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 still are like um yeah like fighting and working hard on it but at least there is like hope right i mean I can sustain my living. I'm happy with this, and at least we we follow our passions. And it's, it's still it's still in the beginning. Let's see where we're going to be in five years or so. So uh, tell me, how did it start with you? How did it start with um, the scarred ghost with your blog? How did uh, how wh when did you write your first article? And from all your from all your money income streams, which is the one which pays the most? If I can ask this question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very open to talk about it so that we can help the people that are listening to it. Right. So I started, so I always been a tech guy that loved multimedia. I started with VR, we can say, in 2014. Actually, okay. I would wanted to work in AR with both the Google Glasses. <laughs> I don't oh, really? know. If yeah, it was my first project was with okay, a cool. guy called John. It was a previous university classmate of mine. We wanted to do something with immersive technologies. We bought the Google Glasses from the United States. 
Okay. We, I wore it. I still remember the day. I was super excited. I wanted to wear the future because I've seen all the YouTube videos. I put this in the. I had uh, this tiny display with the number here. I said, what, what, what is this thing? I mean, okay. I seen the videos like I'm going to subway, talk with my friends, and it was just the, the time in this tiny so, display. So tiny, yeah. Yeah. And it overheated after 20 minutes, and we had to turn it off. It was a terrible experience. But that day, the day after, my, my buddy made me try the Oculus Rift DK2. I tried the Tuscany demo and I fell in love with VR, as I said. I decided to dedicate my life with it. And we started with a project with full body VR with Kinect and mm -hmm. VR uh, headset, the Rift DK2. We could have your full body avatar with the Rift DK2 and with the Gear VR, like 2014 and 15, even before the Vive. It was a crazy project. But no one believed in it, so it was a disaster in the end. Uh, right. But during that adventure in 2016, I was suggested to open uh, a place where I could talk about my experience in doing these you know, things with full body VR, etc. Someone told me, I, this is a fun moment because we're in an accelerator for that project. And we were talking with a marketing expert. And we mm -hmm. said, hey, how can we do marketing for our project? And he said, uh, you told me that there are still not experts in VR, so you must be the expert in VR. <laughs> so, <laughs> Master Yoda, I decided to, I said, yes, Master Yoda. So we started, I started in 15th of August 2016 with a wow. terrible thing, with a really terrible post about, hello, everyone. And, uh, flower as an image, <laughs> it was really terrible, uh -huh. but it was the beginning. So okay. then I started trying out space VR, some other experiences, and I don't know why people started reading it. I still wonder okay. why sometimes, but I prefer not asking. <laughs> okay, of course. So, so then you simply kept on writing articles and more and more people were reading them, right? And uh, yeah, it's cool. It's um, I think y you write amazing articles, also like in-depth articles about how can programmers use the focus trees, hand tracking, all these kind of things, like very in in-depth, and it's very enjoyable. Thank so, you. So um, is it is it is it is um, the blog um, your most important way to uh, interact with the XR community? Yes. So speaking about interactions, uh, so sometimes uh, you said also this before we started this podcast, mm -hmm. if I'm more like right. a developer or a Yeah, exactly. exactly. I am, in the end, I think I'm like, uh, you know, a monster. I'm two, both of them together. And I think it's important for, uh, for two things. So being a blogger, let me connect with people like you. I would right. never have yeah, met right, uh, people like you yeah. without it or oh, with <laughs> Mr. President of HTC or Robert Scott right. or Charlie Fing, uh, all the people here in the chat, Paradise DK, right. all these people just because of this. And I met right. lots of people smarter than me. I learned a lot from you all and that's been very important. It's been also very important because some of these people say, hey, you're an expert. I want to create a project. I say, no okay. problem. <laughs> I'm yeah, also right. a developer. We yeah, have yeah, right. technology workers Perfect. and we can create projects for you. And it's also cool because being a developer, I, I keep the attention high on what is happening. So 
right. I use you know the latest I, stuff. I develop things. So actually, when I discover something, I can share it with people. It's something that two parts work together because, for instance, the outreach stuff brings me connections that I can use for my job. My job brings me knowledge that I can use right. to create articles. Right. Right. And the only problem is that I'm getting crazy because I'm not the time to handle both well, <laughs> because really it's they're super time consuming as activities both. So this is a bit of a problem, but it's good because, you know, I can do two things that are so different from each other. So my brain right. is more active, it's more intriguing. I want to also answer your questions from before. So you also, since we're talking about the very things I do, so what is that makes me earn the most money? And I can yeah, say exactly. that at the moment is the job of the developer, and specifically okay. on the VR events that I'm doing with Vroom. So with with with, with what? Vroom. Vroom. Vroom is a French company. V R R O O M. Vroom. Okay. <laughs> what is what is it about? Uh, it's a French company that had also a, a website. There was a news called um, Aggregator in the past, but actually it's a company that works, you know, to promote, uh, we can say artistic content, events, etc., and also create them. So the South by Southwest 2021 in VRChat is something that we did together. Yeah, with the Vroom Studio. It was last year's concert with Jean-Michel Jarre, 75 million views. Uh, oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You, oh, you did that. Me and all the people at <laughs> Yeah, Vroom. of course. And okay, cool. It was Venice VR last year. Uh, it's The pandemic has accelerated it a lot. Actually, we started before. We started in September 2019 with Louis Cacciutolo. Mm -hmm. And because he, he is a very passionate about VR, about art, and say, I want to experiment with VR events. And he was looking mm -hmm. for a tech guy. I say, hey, why don't we partner and do this together? He said, why not? Okay. And so we started experimenting with VR chat. I picked VR chat because, in my opinion, it's the best to do this kind of stuff. And then the pandemic arrived, and from an experiment, has become something that exploded completely because everyone was looking for a virtual event to substitute a physical event. And mm -hmm. um, that's why I can right. say that it's what has been the most profitable for me in the okay. last months. But as I said, I have lots of other things that I do. So, but just to give um, <clears throat> people tell something that these things about the metaverse, about multiplayer right. experiences, blah, blah, blah. There is a lot of high, but there is a lot of opportunities of also earning money out of it if you can create something that provides value to people, like concerts or virtual festivals. So that's that's something that everyone also should investigate. Okay, so if somebody is new to VR or thinks about a career, you would encourage them to go into XR? Uh, I think that the first thing is to, they, to have the passion. If they have the passion, okay. I would say yes. Because if they, if they right. just look for like money, I would say yes. <laughs> <laughs> because, because if you just look for money, probably, I don't know, I would right, suggest no. your personal growth website, <laughs> yeah. you right, know, right. broker, broker and uh, New York <laughs> Stock Exchange or whatever, right. better to earn money. 
But if you have the passion, you can earn out of it, yes. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, I also think if you have the passion, I think there's, I think, I think all of our future is spatial and VR and XR, right? So I think for the long run, it, everything will be in that space. It's going to be so mind-opening what AR is going to do to us in the future. It's going to be even bigger than VR. That part I am personally sure of. It's going to totally blow our minds what we will be able to do in AR with glasses that we're going to wear like all day. So I would also think it's a future. And if you are a developer and you're excited about these kind of things, look into it. There's so many things going to come, going to be coming up. And then if some, some big companies like Apple are going to join, I think then we do reach that mainstream. Right? Yes. So, so it's going to be super, super exciting. I can't wait yeah. for the big way. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Me too. Well, Tony, we've been talking already for two hours, and two hours is normally like, yeah, our time to stop the podcast. Super nice to catch up with you and to get to know you uh, more and better. Uh, do you have any um, famous last words <laughs> for today? Do you, want, do you still want to talk about something or do you want to say something? Now is your chance. Well, well talk about something. I know there is not the time, but it will be cool also to talk about, you know, the VR events, um, what we did, the experience that it was. Oh, yeah, and of course. If you want <coughs> we to, can speak we about it to... probably for five minutes. We, we yeah, sure, even absolutely. We featured on, on the Unity blog with uh, the okay, project that's cool. the, Jean-Michel Jarre's concert was featured on French TV, whatever. <clears throat> I can say that the, the virtual events field is very interesting for a developer like right. me, especially because it's, you know, it's something that he said is more artistic than, <laughs> than okay. technical. So it's a different job. It's like you are, you have to support the artists. The artists have lots of ideas that they want to make reality. And they probably also want to make things that are not possible inside VR chat or VR at the moment. So we, they would love to be on Quest with the graphics of PC, have special effects everywhere. So it's a matter of making lots of compromises about what is possible and what they want to do. So the concert of Jean-Michel Jarre last year was amazing, it was incredible. And because I think that it shows the power of VR because mm -hmm. it was you know, some people are trying to recreate real life in VR, and that's cool anyway, but doing things that are impossible in real life, so this is even cooler. So right. being in Notre Dame that doesn't exist anymore, I mean, it's, it's burned down, we still have to reconstruct it, right. uh, to do a concert of electronic music in something like sacred, like Notre Dame, for the end of the year to celebrate art, it was, you know, it's magical. It's something that you, it's, it will never happen in real life, but in VR is possible and people could go there in in this church, enjoy the concert, speak with other people, jump together. We were again during the lockdown because it was the end of the year, we we're still during the COVID. And we could party inside this church listening to music with 3D elements going towards you. So something that was, it's really impossible in real life to have 3D effects around you. And the result was incredible. So mm -hmm. 75 million views are really a lot. Of course, China has helped a lot in this. 
because it was also later on published on Weibo and other Chinese channels and we know that Chinese people are a lot so it's easier mm -hmm. to pump the views if the Chinese right. like your content also because Jean-Michel Jarre's wife is a famous Chinese actress is Gong Li. Ah, really? Yes. So cool. this happened a lot, of course. But anyway, the feedback that we got was really uh, overwhelmingly good. And it's interesting for me also that even if we have most of our views on TV, on Weibo, on Facebook, on YouTube, so on through the channels, who lived it in VR had satisfaction that was much, much, much more uh, than who lived it on YouTube or Facebook. So VR can't give you at the moment the same volume of views uh, that YouTube can give you. In fact, we know that Wave VR has abandoned VR basically for now because investors say, hey, your views are are on right. standard means but the experience that you have in vr is not something that i am saying it's something that everyone that has tried that is saying is so much superior so much more immersive that once you leave it in vr you can't watch it on a 2d means anymore so that's why we still have to push for vr events festivals on May them be hybrid, be full virtual on something that is immersive. Because just the live stream is not enough. It's not real VR. Uh, right. It's not really virtual. It's something nice. It can be nice. It can be good. But can't be mind-blowing like VR. So this is my, my lesson from that concept because it was incredible. Then there is a long post-mortem if you want to read about all the story about it. But... It's very, very long to read, but you can feel how it is for a team of around 15 people working on that part of the event, working together to create an important VR concept. I think it's very, very cool. interesting. But you know what? I totally agree with you that this kind of VR events are actually actually the future. I mean, it's it, it feels so real. Like I also have been to like a, a virtual disco before. And yeah, it's, I mean, obviously, especially now during the pandemic, of course, it's fantastic. But also, also later, because probably I don't have the the chance to see uh, Jean Michel Jarre in in Dortmund, here where I live, right? And yeah. I, I don't have the means or the money to to travel to New York City or wherever he has a gig, right? So this opens just up, it opens up so many possibilities. And I'm so I'm still so excited about this technology. <laughs> Even I mean, you and me, we've been in this industry for so long, and we went through all these hard times, but we're still excited about this technology, and it's still fascinating to be part of this, right? Yeah, it never ceases to <clears throat> to surprise us, and when it gives us those strong emotions, I also remember right. apart from the concert, I remember some storytelling experiences like, you know, Dear Angelica is still one of my favorite ones. I was almost crying while watching it, but as a man, I didn't cry, but I really wanted to. <laughs> it's okay, you can cry. <laughs> because it was really emotional. Right. I think this technology can give you, can give us emotions that others still cannot. So uh, that's why right. it's amazing to be in this field. And, you know, 
why we still be here in 10 years? Probably we have another video. We say, hey, 10 years has passed by. We still have the same passion as before. I think so. I really think so. And um, yeah, we will for sure in 10 years still talk about it. Hopefully on this channel or on your <laughs> on your blog. Who knows? Or probably at that time you also have your own VR 3D YouTube channel. Who knows? At that time in 10 years. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Let's hope so. so exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, fi I think you said it's time. So right. That's the last words. If I can say that, is just yes, one. Please. Apart from thanking you for hosting me here because oh, I really appreciate <laughs> I love what you do and Thanks, I man. really have to to be happy to be here together with you. I thank everyone watching this uh, video now or in the future when it will be on YouTube. Uh, my invite for you all is really, you know, it may seem very, very simple and usual a piece of advice, but uh, be committed to VR. This technology is really going to, to disrupt something sooner or later and put all your effort really in what you believe for, for your passion. So like me and Seb are doing it. It's very hard. Probably you will you want to make this to become your job. Probably you will want to give up at least three times every year. But <laughs> you have to not do it, have some friends that support you, let the community support you, connect with everyone, learn from everyone around you, try different things, and in the end you will succeed. So me, Max, I see now that he's in the chat, Massimiliano Ariane, do we know that very well when working also with new technology workers? Uh, you know that well, everyone in the industry knows that very, very well. You have to fight, fight a lot, but in the end, the results will be amazing. And in 10 years, we'll be here saying that we'll be the pioneer, we're the pioneers, and uh, we'll be happy to have created right. this ecosystem together. Wow, that's a very beautiful last words. And also, yeah, all the people who are now in the chat, I think we're all pioneers of this technology, even though we've been in that now for five years. And yeah, wonderful. We'll stick to our passion. And Tony, thank you so much for taking more than two hours to talk with me. It was fantastic to get to know you better. And I'm sure also, yeah, it's great that more people get to know you and your blog, um, Scarred Ghost. Again, I'm going to link it down in the description of this video. And also, again, please try out Tony's game, Hit Motion, and give Tony all of the feedback that would, yeah, help him, right? So, Hit Motion. And yeah, Tony, thank you for being such an important member of this XR community. Really appreciate everything that you do. And yeah, we're going to keep in touch, obviously, and we're going to stay in this industry. Yes, again, thanks to yourself. And let's push this all together. Yeah, we do. We do. Exactly. Yeah, thank you, everyone, for watching today's podcast, season two, episode two of the Next Dimension podcast. All of the other members, if you missed them, they are on vacation or they couldn't make it today. So yeah, looking forward to see them again as well next week, hopefully. And if you enjoyed today's episode, give it a thumbs up. And of course, also, if you have not yet reviewed the Next Dimension podcast on iTunes, please do so. Because one thing, one thing that you can do to help this podcast is to actually write a review. 
It's going to take you two minutes. You go to the podcast app on your iPhone or your iPad. You open it and you look for the Next Dimension podcast. And hopefully, if you enjoy the show, you give us a five-star review. All right. That is everything for this week. And we look forward to see you in the next week. Until then, bye-bye. Bye-bye.